Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive. Give me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Tell a friend, be a friend, uh, <laughs> be a friend, tell a friend about Locked On Leafs. Also, leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Uh, and we got a bunch to get to today. First and foremost, we made it, folks. The offseason officially over as of today. Camp has started. Day one in the books. No on-ice training sessions, but they are in Toronto. They are with the team, and they spoke to the media, which means that's exactly what we're going to go through today. We're going to go through some of the sounds of some stuff from what Dubas said. We'll hear from Morgan Riley. We'll hear from Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Sheldon Keefe had an interesting little nugget that he dropped today that I do want to discuss. Uh, so uh, a lot of really, really cool stuff that we'll be getting to today. Some interesting conversations to be had. So let's just not waste any time. Let's get right to it. Um, all right, let's start with what Kyle Dubas had to say because he had some good, uh, so some decent quotes. I mean, like you said, a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, we're, we're turning the page on last year. We, we believe in the club, believe in this group. You know, this is where we think we can win the championship. It's a resilient group, and we believe in Sheldon and the coaching staff, and this is going to be a banner year, better year, blah, 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 all that stuff. So that's the type of stuff that we've been hearing, and it's it's more the same of what we heard today, but I'm going to play a couple of clips, and let's start with his opening remark. Since the end of uh, last season, in the last three and a half months, we've talked a lot about it and today is our opportunity to move past that and uh, begin to focus on the things that we control in the present to change that story in the future. Uh, We're extremely excited about uh, the training camp and season ahead. Um, Looking forward to the competition in camp and uh, looking forward to the season ahead here with our group. So yeah, a lot of the usual quotes from him, you know, we want to put last year to bed, really looking forward to, to this season. We all have Really high expectations and, and looking forward to getting the year going. So nothing really out of the out of the loop there. But it did get a little bit more interesting as uh, as the press conference went on. And look, I, I think we've all kind of at this point with this group have had some sort of like issues with the way that this team has been built, the way that it's been put together, whether you didn't like the Nylander contract at the time, whether you're not a fan of the Tavares signing, not a fan of the Marner contract, and it's just cost this team a lot, right? Like, lots of good players have had to go out the door, and it's really put us in a thin position, and Dubas, as he usually is, kind of pressed on that. Do you still believe that this is the group that you can win with? And here's what he had to say. I believe in in the group in the room. Deeply, and um, I think your belief—it's easy to say you believe in something when it's at the beginning, and it's and it's relatively easy, and everyone's very optimistic. But true belief is tested when things are get a little bit hard, and you struggle, and you fall, and you have to pick yourself back up and continue to move on. And that's how I feel about the group in the room. I, I think that that group in there will win, 
if we can continue to move ahead uh, and continue to build and progress day to day, especially coming off of the things that we have in the past, learning from them as, as has been mentioned here, and rolling ahead into this season and being focused on being the best we can each day. So I actually really do like that quote. Like, it's a good quote, and he's right. You know, if, if the best time to believe in something is, and if you really believe in somebody, it's when the, the, the tough times are here. If you still believe in it, that means that you really believe in it. Um, and, and that's really what he's done. Like, he's doubling down with this group. There was a great opportunity to move on from this group or move on from one of these players and try and address some other needs. And actually, uh, Pierre Lebrun of TSN and of The Athletic actually point-blank asked Kyle Dubas if that even was brought up. Like, he he point-blank asked him, like, hey, you may not have wanted to move on from any of your guys, but it sure may have been tempting because he knew that some some GMs were calling on a guy like Mitch Marner, and this is what Kyle Dubas had to say about the idea of potentially trading away a Mitch Marner this offseason. Uh, I'm not going to get into Pierre-specific calls. We get on specific guys. Um, as I've said in the past, my belief in that group in there, not just the, the, the terminology that gets thrown around, but of what I would say is the entire core is, is immense and, and unwavering. You know, you always have to, in this job, consider anything that's going to make your team better. And there was nothing that came along from the end of our series to today that I felt was even to be considered in terms of making our team better. We would have been different, and maybe that would provide some cover and appease the masses a little bit, but we wouldn't be better. And that's why my belief in that group is is so large, is that... I feel that when these big moments come again, that they are going to be at their best and, and they are going to have success. And you know, I, I believe in the as people. I believe in the as players. They're obviously very talented players, but also as people and what they're about. And um, I know that they take this stuff personally and that they'll be ready to roll this season. Uh, I'm not going to get into Pierre-specific calls. We get on specific guys. Um, as I've said in the past, my belief in that group in there, not just the, the, the terminology that gets thrown around, but of what I would say is the entire core is, is immense and, and unwavering. You, know, you always have to, in this job, consider anything that's going to make your team better. And there was nothing that came along from the end of our series to today that I felt was even to be considered in terms of making our team better. We would have been different, and maybe that would provide some cover and appease the masses a little bit, but we wouldn't be better. And that's why my belief in that group is, is so large, is that I feel that when these big moments come again, that they are going to be at their best, and, and they are going to have success. And you know, I, I believe in the mass people. I believe in the mass players. They're obviously very talented players, but also people and what they're about and um, I know that they take this stuff personally and that they'll be ready to roll this season. Now that kind of felt like a little bit of a dig and a slap in the face to Leafs Nation and and most definitely was to the trade Marner crowd which there is a large segment of Maple Leafs Nation and Leafs Nation that really did beat that drum pretty hard this summer and when he said, like, yeah, I guess we could have done something and it would have made made this team look different and it maybe would have appeased the masses, 
Um, kind of seemed like a bit of a slap in the face uh, <laughs> type of comment to the fan base who are suggesting to trade Marner. But look, his reasoning is sound, and it's what I was preaching all throughout the summer. If you trade Marner, you're probably not going to get better. Rarely do you win a trade when you move the best player in the deal. Usually whoever gets the best player in the deal wins the trade, and there are, are a handful of guys in the NHL who are better than Mitch Marner, and none of which teams are looking to trade away. So it was going to be for a collection of players or draft picks or younger prospects who you hope to maybe become uh, a, a fraction, half of which Mitch Marner has become. And at that point, why bother? Keep Marner. I understand this is a hefty, hefty price tag. But if he has playoff success, no one's complaining about it. Like, I understand the the outcry and the ups, you know, people being upset with Marner. I'm upset with him. But I also understand that moving on from him doesn't necessarily make this team better. Does it make him different? Like Dubas said, sure. But is it going to make him better? I, tough, tough to call. I mean, he's a guy who, who might get 100 points this season, plays on the top line. Top penalty killer. He's turned into a great defensive specialist as well for for their penalty kill, which I think is is doesn't get talked about enough. He does a lot for this team on top of being super productive. The problem is it all goes away in the offseason. And that is an issue. But what I do like is I read in uh, 32 Thoughts, and i got to now call it 32 Thoughts because there's 32 teams. But in L.A. Freeman's 32 Thoughts, there was a, a point that he had written out there talking about how Marner and Matthews, they were going to get together and, and practice leading up to training camp down in Arizona. And then I guess instead Matthews went and uh, went ended up getting his surgery, so they were unable to do so. Um, which I will touch on his status a little bit later in the podcast, so make sure you are staying tuned. Uh, but Marner came out, and uh, or Matthews had come out and said, like, in, in this piece, they were sending each other clips of how to uh, do better in small areas. And that, to me, is music to my ears, because that's exactly where this team screwed up in the playoffs. When there was no ice, and they were trying, you know, the ice was taken away, and there wasn't much space for them to do much. And if they realize they're sending clips to each other on how to improve upon that, Marner specifically, um, love it. And I know we're not really going to figure it out until the spring, unfortunately, if if that worked. <laughs> um, but hopefully it does. And hopefully whatever they worked on, the, the clips that they were showing each other, they remind themselves come April, come May, that this is the part of their game that they're going to have to work on because ice gets taken away, and they got to learn how to play in smaller areas. Um, Duva spoke about uh, some of the off-season additions and how he decided to go with additions of of establishing more depth to fill in some holes than as opposed to going after one-star guy. So here's what Dubas had to say on uh, on some of the additions this offseason for the Maple Leafs. Up front, we've got quite a few changes. Rather than try to make a splashy move, we've tried to acquire uh, a group of players that, that you know we think have n- just begun to show their potential or fit a specific need we have 
or need a chance at a bit of uh, redemption is where they're at in their in their career, get themselves back on track, and we're hoping to provide that here. And then Annette, obviously, with uh, Peter Mrazek in uh, to tandem with Jack. So we expect, uh, I'm excited about the, the depth up front, and then excited, obviously, to see Peter and Jack work together coming off the years that, that they each had. Obviously, Peter's a little bit shortened by injury, but excited about that for, uh, for, for camp and into the season. So obviously we we you know we know they he opted to go for uh, kind of some dart throws some roll the dice type of guys right players who he feels are about to break out a la a Michael Bunting guys who maybe need to be in a different situation like a Nick Ritchie um, or a, a Nikita Gusev or a guy who you know is in a different situation like Andre Kasha who just needs if he has an opportunity. If he can stay healthy and then given the right opportunity, he can also break out and do something well. So, you know, I I, I understand where Dubas was coming with all that. And, uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense. The alternative was what? Going out and, and spending a big money on a guy like Taylor Hall? I, I don't. I don't think that would have worked. So, <laughs> um, not that, I mean, Taylor Hall didn't even make it to free agency anyways. I think he ended up getting re-signing in Boston before uh, he even hit the market. So there wasn't much that they were going to do outside of, of um, just bringing in some other pieces, throwing some darts at the board, and hoping something sticks. And I, I one of them I think will turn out to be a decent piece. Um, I'll get into those conversations throughout the next couple of weeks. All right, we'll take a quick break and we get back. I want to hear from Sheldon Keith because he gave us a nice little nugget as to what's going to be happening and the changes that are being made to the power play. Not Does this sound familiar? Specifically You've got one player wise, like but live. another coaching that changes with the power play. Uh, stay tuned here on the Locked on These podcast. We'll get to more uh, coming up shortly. Stuff. But first, well, a word from our show sponsors. A simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream and it brings you all your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows in all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's a no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever did you know that the built bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time only right now They've got Grasshopper Cookie. It is phenomenal. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about all of their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And know this, my favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie. It is fantastic. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors that we provide. And not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal, but also good for the keto diet. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like 
and get it now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome into Locked On Leafs. Mike DiStefano here, the host of this program. And a reminder that we are a daily podcast once again. Uh, each day from Monday to Friday, we're going to be doing tons of stuff. I mean, as as the season approaches, we now got storylines coming out the wazoo, right? We got Dubas speaking, Marner speaking, Sheldon Keefe, Matthews, Riley, Tavares. You know, you got all of these players speaking. You've got Mar- Morgan Riley's contract, which we will talk about very shortly. Um, Austin Matthews updates on his wrist injury over the next little bit. And then we'll finally get games this weekend. First game taking place on Saturday. So we'll be previewing that game on Friday. We'll be breaking it all down, what we saw happen on Monday. And then we'll do the same thing for each and every game from here until the end of the season, along with talking about any signings, any trades, any rumors, any reports that are coming out. This is really your number one place to get daily Leafs information. It's my duty to supply you with all you need to know when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So if you're a massive Leafs fan, you want to know exactly what's happening with the club, hit subscribe here to Locked on Leafs and get your daily Leafs intake with myself. Uh, okay. So one of the things that I do want to let you guys know about, like I said, uh, is what's happening with the power play. I think we all can uh, <laughs> we can all agree that the power play in the back half of last year was putrid. It was absolutely awful. Uh, it was like the last two months of the season operating at about 10%, which was last in the league or at least like 30th or 31st in the league. It was gross. It was absolutely disgusting, um, and which is so bizarre because you take a look at the players on this team. There's, there's absolutely no way that that lineup with that potent of offensive players can't put the puck in the back of the net when you have an extra player. You have more space out there on the ice, and for whatever reason, they just could not get it done. Um, so I was pretty... I, I mean, I I gave it to Manny Mahaltra pretty, pretty hard last year towards the end of the season. Um, it was kind of... I, I discussed if whether or not they may relieve him of his duties and may not even bring him back next season. Uh, but they did, uh, they did bring him back. However, I was half right because today... Sheldon Keefe came out and said there's going to be changes to uh, to who will be taking over power play duties, and that's going to be newcomer Spencer Carberry, and uh, I'll let Sheldon Keefe take it from here to explain his uh, his decision there. Spencer Carberry is a guy I have tremendous respect for from the time that I met him when he worked with us in a development camp a number of years ago when I was with the Marlies and coaching against him in the American League and Hershey. He's coming off being the coach of the year and um, you, the more you call around, you, hear, you can't hear enough good things about the job that he's, he's done um, there. And again, it's a guy that's brought a lot to our staff. He's going uh, to take the lead with our power play this season. Uh, Manny Maholtra will remain on the bench with us um, and, and support both Dean and, and uh, Spencer in their roles, uh, as well as working with, with me and our forward. So there you have it, Manny Maholtra. Relieved of his power play duties from a season ago, and uh, newcomer Spencer Carberry will be taking over as the new power play coach. Uh, he won't be on the bench, though, I guess. It'll probably end up being the same guys. Uh, it'll be Dean, 
Uh, Chinouth will be on the bench along with Manny Mahalcher. It sounds like he'll be running the forwards out there. Uh, Paul McLean also uh, was added to the staff this year, so he will probably have a say in, in being a consultant to the special teams, to the power play as well. So it'll be kind of a, a team effort, which I think is a, a only a good thing, right? Not only competition on the ice with the players, but I think competition within the coach's room, just a little bit more input, more ears, more options, um, more suggestions. It's only going to help this squad. So uh, I, I think that it's it's it can't get much worse. Like at the end of the day, it can't get much worse than operating at 10%. So we'll see what Spencer Carberry ends up doing. The The power play the, is going to be something that I really do. Uh, I will be kind of keening, uh, taking, uh, keying in on uh, throughout the duration of training camp and kind of seeing what, uh, what happens there. Uh, okay, so a couple things. Also, uh, Austin Matthews spoke today. Uh, he starts off the training camp on IR. That is was totally expected, obviously, coming off of his wrist injury, so that should not surprise anybody. Um, but what what was asked today of Kyle Dubas was, you know, why did it take Austin Matthews so long to get this surgery? I mean, he had all offseason, and then randomly with five, six weeks to go to training camp, he finally gets this surgery. Why not have it earlier in the year so that he was totally rehabbed and good to go for the start of camp? And Kyle Dubas uh, answered that exact question. Uh, that was just a plan that, that was formed uh, by the LEAF medical team and Austin and, uh, and his group that, uh, that represents him was that going into this, and we always want to avoid, especially on the wrist of a player like that, if you don't have to do a, a surgical procedure, you, you'd like to avoid it. Um, when he ramped up his training in the summer, he began to feel discomfort. Our plan that was agreed upon at the end of the season was if he ever felt that right away, that we would move on to the consultation with Dr. Hotchkiss in New York, and that's exactly what we did. Caught it the, in mid-August, or you know, first 10 days of August. He had the surgery a few, went for the consultation, had the surgery a few days later, and the expectation is to be ready for, um, for opening day. Does that suffice for you guys? I mean, I know there's a lot that were really upset with him saying, hey, if you want to get surgery, why don't you get it? But what it sounds like is they didn't want him to get surgery. They tried to see if he could work through it, and he was fine when he was doing some earlier summer activities. But as he started to ramp up to get ready for training camps, kind of the pre-camp camp that all these players do nowadays, he started to get out there on the ice, started to, you know, kind of get out there with the state with the skates and his stick, and doing a little bit more uh, working out and using the wrist a lot more, putting more pressure on it. Uh, then he realized, okay, there's still something up here. Maybe I do need to go under the knife. And they went, saw a a, uh, a specialist, and that was the recommendation. Thus, ended up getting the surgery midway through the summer, uh, not because he just randomly decided to get it, but they tried to put it off and not get it done at all. But uh, turns out it, it needed to be done. Um, so uh, do you wish that they figured that out earlier in the offseason? Of course. Austin Matthews wishes that to be the case, and I'm sure so does Kyle Dubas. But uh, it kind of is what it is. He's hoping to be back for game one of the regular season. Uh, that's the plan as of now. Apparently in the next couple of days he's going to get his splints off. Um, and he, here's what he had to say actually on, uh, on his injury status. I've been skating. Um, I think it's coming up six weeks since I uh, I had surgery, so that was kind of the timetable. And um, 
you know, get this month off and then just kind of progress uh, back into, you know, regular uh, hockey stuff. So right now I've just been skating on the ice and um, trying to keep up with uh, my cardio and, uh, you know, just the rest a little bit. So until I can come, uh, you know, start handling the puck a little bit, um, hopefully next week sometime. So next week he's hoping to get out there and start handling the puck and start actually ramping up and kind of get his camp started. Um, At that point, it sounds unlikely that he will get in a game for training camp. Uh, So expect for the first time that we see Austin Matthews in game action. We'll probably end up being game one, October 13th against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm expecting um, but hopefully this kind of puts puts to bed this this nagging wrist injury that he's had, right? Like last year, missed a few games midway through the season with that wrist injury, and even when he came back, it was it, it aggravated him. And I would not be shocked if it also was a factor into the playoffs and could be a reason why you know he wasn't as dominant as a scorer as he was in the regular season. So you get that surgery, hopefully that fixes the problem. It's not a guarantee, never is, but it's supposed to. Hopefully it fixes the problem. He gets a full 82-game slate, wins another Rocket Richard Trophy, and it'll all start for him uh, next week uh, once he once he gets out there and starts handling the puck. But it's good to see that he's already kind of working on his cardio. He's already out there skating around, so he's not going to be completely behind the eight ball when it comes to uh, comes to getting his his legs under him, which sometimes is is the toughest part of training camp. Uh, okay. Ooh, all right. Let me, let me actually quickly want to talk about this because um, William Nylander, So he had an interesting uh, an interesting start to his media availability. He came in, had a mask on, and basically it was just like, hey guys, as you can see, I'm masked up, um, and here's why. <laughs> and he explained it. And uh, actually, I'll just let Nylander get right to it. Um, hey, what's up, guys? Happy to have you back. I just want to say, uh, obviously, you can see I have a mask on. Um, I'm not fully uh, vaccinated yet, so I had a couple uh, medical uh, things I had to take care of, and I'll be fully vaccinated by the uh, beginning of the season. William, just can you can you give us some background on, on what led you to that decision to get vaccinated and maybe why it took so long? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, do the right thing. I think being vaccinated is uh, it's going to help everybody and, I mean, help the team and, I mean, achieve our end goal. So it was a pretty easy choice. And then I believe there was another follow-up question from Christian Shilton um, asking, you know, why it took so long to get that second one. And um, he basically just came out and said, look, I want to do some research. It sounds like also earlier in the clip he said there was some other medical things that he was also dealing with or trying to get done. So whatever that means, I, I don't know. Uh, but it sounds like he wanted to do his research, and then eventually uh, he decided, okay, I'm ready to get it. So he went and he got it, which is great. And I believe that would mean that the entire Maple Leafs roster is fully vaccinated. And that is going to be important. Um, This season, if you are not fully vaccinated, you will not be able to travel to America and back. And vice versa. If you're American and playing for an American team, and this is happening right now with Tyler Bertuzzi at the Detroit Red Wings, he's not going to get vaccinated. He has made that decision to not get vaccinated. That's his right. But he will not be able to travel to games up here in Canada. Luckily for Detroit, this year is kind of a, a bizarre season where although that they play six Canadian teams throughout the season, they only make eight trips to Canada. Um, so he kind of lucked out there, I suppose. 
And he's going to miss some some money out of those, though, right? Like, he's based on how many days he is there. He, like, they're paid in by, by the day in the NHL, not by the game. So he's going to miss, I think I saw a report, he could miss uh, over $400,000 just with those missed days alone from not traveling to Canada to play those games. Uh, so at least $400,000 that he's not going to get paid. Um, and then if he misses any time, they, that that could also end up working against him. Like if he gets if he gets COVID and has to go on on like the COVID list or whatever, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out, how payment works in that regard. Uh, but he could also miss out on some money there as well. So there's a couple other players in the NHL who haven't gotten it. I know Duncan Keith did get it out in Edmonton, uh, but he just got it recently. I think I saw like he got the the Johnson Johnson one time booster, uh, but he has to quarantine for a week before coming to Canada because he just got it. Um, and he didn't do the quarantine or finish up the quarantine, but he's expected to join Edmonton for camp uh, in the next few days or later later on uh, early next week. Um, but again, kind of the same question to Nylander. Why didn't you do it earlier? That that's that's the question that I have. It's like, well, if you knew you had to get it done, why didn't you get it done way earlier so that you could join your team uh, September 22nd when it was ready to go? It's not like this day snuck up on you. You knew you were going to have to get it done. You know, it's just some some things are just confusing. Anyways, uh, so that that is the the case when it comes to vaccinations. But luckily, it sounds like all of the Toronto Maple Leafs are fully vaccinated. We'll be able to travel without uh, without some hindrances, and hopefully, um, you know, we don't have uh, any any widespread COVID cases throughout the year. Because once again, the vaccine doesn't doesn't like rid covid it doesn't stop you from getting covid again this vaccine is just supposed to kind of give you a little bit of a of uh armor build up i suppose it kind of helps you fight it once you get it you're not going to have uh as bad symptoms or that's that's the the hope at least everybody else is everyone's different but anywho enough vaccine talk that's i did just want to talk about that quickly though but now we can get past that and let's actually take a break and when i get back I have been discussing Morgan Riley's contract for a bit, and it was one of the the things that I talked about as one of the storylines heading into camp is, you know, what's going to happen with the contract? Is there going to be conversations? Is there any sense of urgency from either side? We got those answers, and I'll explain them to you next here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. We're back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And they're getting back onto the ice for some hockey. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything Football, you can head to the website or use your promo device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial investment just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease Pod. Mike DiStefano, the host of this show. 
Uh, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I know there's tons of Maple Leafs content out there for you guys to consume. And if you guys have made it this far into the pod, we're just over over a half hour into it. And, you know, it's a daily half-hour show. So if you're listening on a daily basis, which you can, if you only listen once or every, every couple of days, just know I'm here each and every day for you, giving you all the Leafs content. Just make sure that you are subscribed and you'll get that Leafs content directly to your phone each and every day. And... And uh, again, if you're a daily listener, just want to thank you so much and and thank you for the support. Um, So the one thing that I was really looking forward to kind of following and covering through the next couple of weeks in training camp was going to be the Morgan Riley contract issue. And and I acknowledge that this has been more of a media-driven story than it was, you know, a team-driven or player-driven story. I mean, most of these are, to be quite honest with you. But, like, I think it's warranted. The amount of players that they've walked to free agencies is concerning. This is a concern that the fan base has had for the last couple of seasons. And then there was a concern that, are they going to do the same with Morgan Riley? Well, we somewhat got our answer. And uh, here's Kyle Dubas on why he is comfortable with Morgan Riley playing out the last year of his contract, much like... Everybody else has done the last few seasons here in Toronto. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, the the contract negotiation thing with the flat cap, there's a lot of teams that are dealing with it. There's a there there are bigger situations that, you know, with players in the league that still don't have contracts going into today. So that's a personal matter for Morgan and a private one for us. But I think every team that's trying to contend is gonna be dealing with those types of situations with the flat cap where you have players coming due and, and um you know, you wanna see where things go um throughout the year with the cap. Maybe it goes up, maybe it doesn't, but um, you know, that's the the situation with Morgan as we did last year with our with our players that were UFAs we'll we'll keep them private until we we have to make a, an announcement on them one way or another and if you recall those players Zach Hyman and Fred Anderson uh the call was they didn't get to re-sign them granted Anderson I don't think they wanted to re-sign him uh or they wanted to but at a far less rate that he got in Carolina Hyman, they clearly wanted to bring back, but he had outperformed his contract, and you had Edmonton knocking on the door, willing to give him what he signed for, 5.75. That wasn't happening. And and if, if the Leafs would have signed him to a deal last season, he would have got they would have gotten him for a lot cheaper than that. And they just let him walk because they weren't sure what the cap structure was going to look like. And I understand, they, they, like Dubas said, we don't know what the cap's going to look like, whether it's going to go up or not, what the situation's going to be. But look, man, I, you, the Leafs talk all the time about how Brandon Pridham is this genius of a guy, works the cap like nobody else. You're going to tell me that he can't right now tell you if you could work in Morgan Riley into your cap structure and how to do it at what price uh whether it goes up, whether it stays, or whatever it is. I'm sure he's got all the scenarios worked out. I know it's going up a mil. It is going up one million. You've got, uh, and you have also have Phil Kessel's deal coming off the books. So it's going up at least one, plus you've got Kessel's money coming off the books. That's an extra $2.2 million going into next year uh, of cap relief and, and additional cap space that you didn't have this season. You can add that to Morgan Riley's contract, and then there's got to be some other ways that you can figure out a way to get it done. But to chance it and to once again go to 
the season, go through the season and not have a, a contract with this guy and they're willing to chance it, walk him to free agency is is concerning once again. It really is. And it's somewhat of the same conversations that we have with Mitch Marner when you say it's tough to trade him and get better. I could say the same thing about Morgan Riley. It's tough to trade him and get better. So in a way, like I understand, um, you know, you don't want to lose this guy because trading him, you're you're probably going to end up worsening your team. But it's not the same in the in that Marner at least has term. You know, you've got Marner for the next three four years. That is not the same case for Morgan Riley. If you decide to go through the season with him and then he goes elsewhere because he outperforms his deal and he sees all these other great defensemen, offensive defensemen who put up numbers getting in the nine million range, and he says to himself, Well, heck, I could get somewhere there. Maybe not nine million, but you know, eight, eight and a half. Well, Toronto can't afford that at that point. So then what do you, so at least you get something for him if you do deal him. It's going to be interesting. Um, it's 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 truly going to be something that I know is is going to be talked about for myself through the rest of the season and other Toronto pundits. But one guy who's not really looking to talk about it uh, is Morgan Riley. And I tell you what, you know, it, it may not even be Kyle Dubas who doesn't want to get a contract signed. Morgan Riley was quite non-committal when he spoke today to media when he was asked about his contract situation and if he has long-term ideas to stay in Toronto. I think you just deal with it kind of as it comes. And um, I think my approach this year with you guys is that I don't really want to discuss it publicly. Um, And, you know, to be honest, that's between JP and Kyle. And I'm just going to take care of myself. I feel great. Um, I'm prepared for the season. I totally understand that it's a question that's worth asking, um, and I'm not trying to disregard it by any means because, I mean, I think about it too. Uh, but, I mean, I'm just going to go about my business, um, prepare for the season. I feel great. Um, and, you know, Kyle and JP will talk, you know, privately, and I'm just going to worry about what I can do, and that's play hockey and play well, and the rest will take care of itself. Is it your desire to be a Maple Leaf beyond this season, Morgan? You know, again, uh, I think you all know how I feel about being a Leaf, um, but there is a business aspect to it. Um, I'm, I'm going to take care of myself. I feel great. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for the season. Um, I'm going to really focus on having a good start. And then, like I said, the rest will take care of itself. But, uh, you know, being a Toronto Maple Leaf is, is, is you know, is pretty special to me. And um, we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, it's a business, he says. There's a business side of things. I'm going to take care of myself this season. Let's get off to a good start. These were comments and quotes that would concern me uh, and should concern other Leaf fans if they felt like Morgan Riley was going to take a hometown discount to stick around in Toronto because it doesn't sound like it. And why should he? No one else has. Literally nobody else has taken a hometown discount unless his name is Jason Spezza. That is the only player who outperforms his contract in the on, on this team. Le- legitimately. Like that, that. That's really it. Um, so that's a little concerning, the fact that Morgan Riley, barely non-committal to wanting to be a Maple Leaf long-term. I'm not saying he doesn't want to be here. He did say that it is special to be a Maple Leaf, and he loves you know being a Maple Leaf, but he says it's a business. He understands that, and he's got to take care of himself. All of that is also 
true, um, which means if they get to the end of the season, it's in his best interest to take it to market because he can just see what is out there. If he gets, if he, if at the end of the year Toronto says, "Hey, we're willing to give you eight times eight or seven times eight, I mean, he could sit there and say, "Okay, that's also going to be available." Like seven times eight, 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 eight times eight would not be available after July one, but a seven times eight. That would be available to him if he even goes to market. But what if someone's willing to give him seven years times eight and a half or times nine? I mean, that's an extra nine million dollars. Seven million. Seven years, extra million. Yeah. Another seven million bucks. That's not nothing. You know, like that's that's not nothing. Um, and it's similar to kind of what we just went through with, with Zach Hyman. So I'm not anticipating a hometown discount. If I hear anybody saying, oh, he loves being a Leaf, you know, what if he takes a discount? You know, a good Canadian boy. Well, he's not a Toronto kid. He's from out west. So it's not like he's got this this Mitch Marner thing or Zach Hyman thing where it's like, oh, he's a Toronto kid. He's going to want to stay here. I mean, like you said, he likes being a Maple Leaf. He understands the power of being a Maple Leaf, how special it is. But at the end of the day... It's a business, and that's what it comes down to, and that's what he said. It's a business. He's going to take care of himself. He'll have a good year, and then he'll reconvene at the end of the season, and he'll sit there and say, bump up those numbers from last summer, please, and the Maple Leafs aren't going to be able to do it. So it, it, it's, I, again, I'm not a fan of going into the season and walking into free agency. Um, I would legi- I would have thought about trading him this summer. Now that they're back in camp, it's a little bit more difficult to make that move since he's back, acquainted with the team. He's a big part of this team, big part of the locker room. To move on from him would be would be much more difficult now than it would have been a few months ago. And the cap situation around the league also makes this even more difficult. Although five million isn't that hard to to accommodate for another team. But anyways, so that's that's that with uh, with Morgan Riley's contract. It doesn't sound like they're going to get anything hammered out by the beginning of the season. Then uh, they both are more than okay with seeing how the year unfolds. Um, maybe the cap goes up. Maybe it becomes easier for them to stomach a bigger deal. And maybe Morgan Riley doesn't have a great season and they're able to get him at a lower rate. Perhaps he goes off and, you know, kind of looks more like his 2018, 2019 self. And he goes off, he has 20, 20 goals, 70 points. And then becomes that eight and a half, nine million dollar player that the Dougie Hamiltons are getting. That the Seth Joneses are getting, the Warenskis, the 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 Heiskanins, the who else got paid big? I mean, lots of guys. Darnell Nurse got paid nine and a half million bucks for basically one good year. It's a gamble the Leafs are taking. We'll see if it pays off, but uh, Morgan Riley would be a big loss to this team if he walks, and they don't get an asset back for it. All right, so day one, th- those are the big things that came out of day one. Those are the big storylines. That's what I want to talk to you guys about. Those are the clips that I wanted to share to make sure that you heard them. Um, I believe that's everything that we got here. Yep, that is all the clips that I pulled in for you guys. Um, yeah, so on-ice sessions begin tomorrow. And uh, once the on-ice sessions come, we'll start to see some line rushes. I'll say this, though. Do not get 
overly attached to the line rushes that you see early in camp. Uh, Sheldon Keefe did come out and say they're going to be trying a lot of different things. So if you see, you know, Nylander uh, playing with like Kerfoot and Mikheyev, I wouldn't read into it that that's going to be something that you're going to see going forward, but it's just things that they're going to be trying out a little bit. Um, so expect to see a lot of line movement throughout the first little bit of camp so they can try and find some chemistry, see what works, see what doesn't. Um, so then by October 13th, by puck drop, they got a pretty good understanding of, of who works in which situation, and uh, they can get the ball rolling nice and early. Uh, so... That will do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on These podcasts on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Yep, that's right. Monday to Friday, each and every day, I'll come out with a brand new podcast for you. Um, make sure you're following me on Twitter as well, at Mickey underscore Canuck. I like to get social. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, toss a question out to me, what you want to know about the Maple Leafs, what you, anything you want me to answer. You want to say something, I can bring it up here on the podcast. Podcast, hit me up on Twitter, and I'd love to uh, to bring the conversation to the pod. Uh, follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. All right, guys, uh, plenty more to talk about as training camp gets underway. I will be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.